Welcome to another episode of the Business Growth Insights Podcast. This podcast is devoted to helping business owners succeed and grow. In each episode, we interview a successful business owner on what has helped them to succeed and how they've overcome challenges along the way. Our aim is to be the leading source of learning, encouragement, and success for small businesses. Hello, everyone. I'm David Plunis, Sr. Welcome to another episode of the Business Growth Insights Podcast. Today, we have the privilege of interviewing Steve Young, CEO of AppMasters.co. We're looking forward to this conversation because I'll tell you, developing software can be difficult and expensive. So I'm very interested to hear how Steve's company helps customers overcome those challenges. Good to have <laughs> you with us, Steve. Thanks, David. We have the .com now. We started with .co, but now we got the .com. You've got the .com. We got the .com. Yes, sir. All right. Well, Steve, tell us about your business. So what does it do and yeah. what problems does it help customers solve? If you don't mind, I'll take you from all the journey, the beginning. So in 2011, I was working for a startup in San Francisco, Mountain California, the Bay Area. And I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I sold cassette tapes when I was younger. And so I <laughs> didn't know what that journey would look like. I was just climbing the corporate ladder. And so I was like, you know what? I want to make apps. I was My son was 18 months at the time. I want to make apps. So I taught myself how to code, launched a couple of different apps. And I was doing all this side hustle and making about 500 to $1,000 a month. Nothing to live off of, especially in the Bay Area, but I kept doing that. And then fast forward to 2013, love listening to podcasts. So congratulations on this podcast. I said, you know what? I think I'd be good at a podcast. And let me see if I can interview some of my heroes in the space to learn from them and see if I can turn the side hustle into a primary source of income. And so I started doing that, interviewed the co-founder of Shazam, co-founder of TechCrunch, Crossy Road, Color Switch, Mafia Wars, you name it probably have talked to them if they're in the app space. Mm -hmm. Built an audience, we then started coming to me for marketing help. That was my background, online marketing. But I didn't know anything about app marketing. That's why I started the podcast. But enough started coming to me that six months after starting the podcast, built up enough of an audience that I ended up leaving my corporate job to do this full time. Now I've got a team of about 12 to 13 people and we help apps. We work with some of the biggest brands in the app space to some of the tiniest ones who are just a startup, have a dream and trying to get going. So we really help them with getting more downloads and to keep it short, help them getting more downloads and making more money from each download. Very good. So this is more of a marketing initiative than a development initiative. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. So, All right. Very good. and I've got a soundboard. <laughs> okay. Awesome. So, so tell me a little bit about how that works. How, how do you, you know, share what you feel comfortable sharing? Absolutely. But basically give us a little uh, a view under the covers, if you will, as to how you do what you do in order to benefit your customers. I mean, without getting into the nitty gritty, because I don't know how, you, how much of your audience knows anything about the app stuff, but what we essentially do is look at the, we, do, we look at the numbers. If you have downloads, I kind of go, how much are you making from each download? How many people are activating a trial for a subscription, right? Of those people that are activating trial, how many people are end up paying you, right? And what is it the amount, the average order size? I know you're an operations guy. What is the average order size or LTV of that customer? And then we just work backwards from there. So if you don't have downloads, we then help you with SEO or ASO. It's called App Store Optimization. And all that it means is SEO for the App Store. And so we kind of optimize your app title, your subtitle, and your description to help you get more organic downloads. 
And then when you have those downloads, we'll work with big clients where they're like, Hey, we have all these downloads, but we're not making that much money. So we're like, okay, we look down funnel. We look at your app. We look at your paywall or pricing page, and then we help you optimize that experience and what those words or the copy that should be on there. And so that's a, in a nutshell, that's what we do. Outstanding. Outstanding. So a big part of what you do is, is analytics. You do a lot of analysis. Yeah. You yeah. know, my bold boss, David told me, Steve, if you got an idea, come with data. Cause if we're going off of my opinion, we're going with mine cause I'm the boss. And so <laughs> I always like to use data driven stuff whenever I'm coming up with some of the strategies we have. I want to back it up with data. Okay. Outstanding. Obviously a good way to approach things. Um, so who's your, uh, who's your ideal customer? Who are the folks that you're going after? Who are the folks that are uh, responding most to your outreach? <laughs> so we have a YouTube channel. Everything I've done, David, has all been organic. I don't do any paid marketing. So we've got a YouTube channel with over 31,000 subscribers. We still do the podcast. And so that's how most people are finding us is through that, those organic channels. That's just to say we work with some of the biggest brands. My mission is to be the most affordable, most effective app marketing agency out there because we work with while we work with some of the biggest brands out there spot hero you know red bull we've got literally apps that are in the top charts right now of the overall app store we also work with the tiniest of apps who really need help getting going and so that's why the word affordable is in there right effective goes without saying and i have clients that are people from because it's worldwide you know, clientele, I would say like 50% are in the US and the other 50 are worldwide. And there've been people who've, because they've been following our channel for a long time, Steve, I've been saving up my money to work with you. <laughs> and I'm like, and that is very humbling. And I wanna make sure that the affordable is always there. And so there's no real client, but a lot of the clients we work with tend to be more subscription apps, mm -hmm. right? And so they're making money, they're making their money through subscriptions. Okay, very good. We might have to have a separate conversation after this. We have uh, a client uh, yeah. who's just beginning that journey um, and would be very interested in that service as well. You mentioned that the uh, your um, you don't do any paid advertising, everything's organic. So obviously you're using some of your own services to benefit your business as well. Can you just give us a little glimpse of that if you don't mind? Yeah, absolutely. So the no, so when I say I don't do any paid marketing, I don't do anything paid marketing for from an agency standpoint to promote my own business. But for our clients, we do do we do run Facebook ads and Google ads and all that stuff for our clients. Okay. I personally don't do it for my business. Everything's generally organic. But the way I built up my business was through the podcast. Like I just interviewed some of the people that I really admired in the space and then built an audience through that. We then transitioned to be more YouTube focused because YouTube's the number two search engine in the world. Google owns them. And a friend of mine told me, hey, I, you know, video content's killing it for me because obviously people feel like they know you and you can really highlight your knowledge. And so I was like, this guy's not even that great on camera. <laughs> Right, David. I was like, yo, I think I'd be much better on camera than he is. And so I was like, let me do that. Let me create video content. So I started creating video content, kind of revealing everything we do for our clients. So really, like, you don't even have to work with us. All the knowledge that we have, except maybe the 10% that I tend to keep private, is available on YouTube. And so we rank really well for like app marketing, app store optimization, which is the SEO for the app store on YouTube. And that's how most people find us on YouTube. Very interesting. Very good. Thank you yeah. for sharing that. 
Now, just going off on a little bit of a tangent, you mentioned that you do SEO, right, for yourself and obviously for your clients as well. One of the things that uh, has been in the forefront of my mind is with the rapid ascent of AI. Now, I say yeah. rapid, but, you know, really in the, the consciousness of the wider world, it's it seems to have happened quickly in the last year or so, year plus. Um, and when you look at something like ChatGPT, right, where yeah. you can go to an AI tool and instead of doing a search, you ask it a question and essentially it does all of the searching for you behind the scenes and gives you an answer. Have you given any thought as of yet as to how you're going to integrate that into what you do for yourself and for your clients? Yeah, we already do that. So we don't, just to be clear, we don't do SEO for our clients. It's just, okay. we do ASO, which is SEO for the app store. So it, just, uh, you know, when people think SEO, they usually think web and we do SEO for the actual app stores, but not that I do have a background, but I think with AI, you know, I think it's here to stay. And I don't normally say that. I'm not one of those guys that just says like, oh, jump on this new trend. I don't do that. Like I never did anything with, you know, cryptocurrency, never touched it. So I'm very careful with how I, you know, which back I, which horse I back. But I think AI comes into play when we're using it right now, right? Like we'll come up with different titles for our YouTube. Like, okay, what do you got? You know, AI chat GP, tell me. And then we're using it for the descriptions of our YouTube and podcasts. Mm -hmm. So like, hey, this podcast is all about how do you leverage AI to systemize and minimize the content creation. And so we will use ChatGPT for that. I've even used it to come up with different app names. Hey, my app does X, Y, and Z, come up with 25 app names under 50 characters or 30 characters, that's the limit of the app store, that say this. And ChatGPT has come up with some really good app names. And we did that for one of our clients. It was like, come up with an app name that includes this keyword, give me 25 of them, and then go. And then we, that's how we came up with the right title. For our client. It, it, it is amazing what you can do with these really tools good. now. And we encourage everyone to, you know, start exploring, using it, taking full advantage of uh, the capabilities that exist now. Well, thank you for sharing how you use some of that capability for yourselves, uh, for yourself. Now, what are some of the big challenges that you've had to overcome to get to this point with your business? <laughs> Uh, so many, uh, I think the biggest one, I'll just talk to you because you talk a lot about operations is just operations, right? I think in the beginning it was self-doubt, self-doubt. Like, do I really have what it takes? Cause I'll tell you that first year of entrepreneurship was a struggle. It took a toll on our marriage, been married for, to my high school sweetheart. So we've been together for 28 years, married for 17. Thank you. And she's the only woman I've known, frankly, but like, anyways, what I, in the beginning, it was more self-doubt. Like, do I really have what it takes to do this? So I've had to overcome that. And then now from an operation standpoint, and I know you deal with this a lot, David, is making sure the love and care that I had when it was just me running the entire show is now brought to with my employees. Now it's like, okay, I'm not doing the heavy lifting, but I need to make sure the heavy lifting is the way I wanted, I would do heavy lifting. And so that's been a problem for me right now as we try to scale because we the demand is there. Now I need the supply, which is making sure we have enough people to, you know, fulfill the demand that we have for, from our clients. Thank you. Thank you. So now I got to go back on the self-doubt thing there, because uh, most entrepreneurs at some point in their journey deal with that. So how were you able to overcome self-doubt? 
I think a couple of ways. So here, I'll tell you this story. One, I think, you know, the phrase that I've been saying is longevity is underrated, right? And there was within about like two years within the business, maybe two or three years. Let's just say three. It's a better story. Three years into the business, I read a blog post from some of my competitors. Now, I don't think anybody's a competitor. I just think we're all friends. And yes, if you steal business from me, that is what it is. I think the pie is big enough. One of my competitors, let's say, did something similar. They said, you know, they wrote a blog post. We hit 2 million in sales in 18 months. And I was like, yo, I'm nowhere near that, right? And I've got a nice little lifestyle business. Pays the bills. I'm doing pretty well, right? Like, I, I'm happy with where I'm at. But then I started feeling like, oh, crap, I suck. How did they go so fast, so quickly? And then, you know, a couple of years later, for reasons I don't know personally, but I do know that the, the company's no longer around. Right. And then the founder has talked a lot about burnout. So I haven't talked to him about why, what happened, but I just said, you know what? I'm just not going to compare anymore because mm -hmm. a lot of times, David, it is that the self-doubt happens when you start comparing because you're looking at your numbers like, this is great. I'm doing great. I'm growing year over year, you know, 30%, whatever it is, but it was that. And I just feel like if we stop comparing ourselves, we don't know what they're going through. Mm -hmm. We do only know the top line and I'll have a lot of, cause a lot of like, there's data out there, David, where it'll say, give me an app. I'll tell you how much they're making according to public data and mm -hmm. somewhat accurate, right? It's like 80% accurate. So it's near ballpark. And then people will be like, Steve, how are they making so much? And I'm like, don't pay attention because I've worked with many clients where if you look at the top line, it's, they're doing really well. You look at the bottom line, they're like barely surviving. So right. it was more, I mean, I think it's just <laughs> time, right, David? Time, time fixes all, time heal all. Very good. Very good. I like that uh, advice. It's good advice to all the listeners because candidly, everyone's journey is different. And you're absolutely right. A good example of what you were talking about, Uber. For how many years were they making billions of dollars, but they weren't making a dime? They were losing money. I think it's only recently where they started you know, reporting consecutive quarters of, of profit. So all of that, you're, you're absolutely right. When you're looking at others, you've got to take it all with a grain of salt. Yes. Right, but focus on your journey and what you need to do in order to be successful. Successful. Good advice. I appreciate that, Steve. It's so, so hard too. I mean, you have these cliched quotes out there. You go on Instagram, any motive, me versus me, right? And you hear it all the time. And then ultimately, maybe after a few years of running on your own, it is really me versus me and not really me versus you or anybody else, right? And so just really pay attention to how you're doing now. Yeah, your pace. Yeah, true. It, it made me think of a commercial that's very popular on TV right now. It's a uh, exercise, I believe, commercial. And the Peloton? The, I believe it is. And one of the statements the, the woman makes is that uh, you're the only person that hears the voices in your head. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's a good it's a good thing to remind yourself of, as you were, were mentioning, you know, when we have self-doubt, uh, it is what it is. It's self-doubt. It's not necessarily how other people see us. So it's a good thing to remind ourselves that the world is probably seeing us in a very different light than we might be envisioning ourselves. And it's important to, to acknowledge that, recognize that and press forward. Very good. Good, good, uh, good discussion on uh, that, that issue there, Steve. So speaking about success, what has helped you to be successful? Oh man. Uh, I, I think for me, it was content creation and community. So 
again, to your point, David, everybody's journey is different. For me, it was really about content and then really about community within that content. Because a lot of times, you know, it is just like people are finding us through content that we create, not any paid marketing, no ads that we're running for our business. So I, I think it's that. And then really being like, you know, I read a lot of books about self-help stuff. And so like one of my favorite books, a lot of biography, autobiographies and biographies. And as you read more of these, you'll find that like even the most successful people have what you said, self-doubt mm -hmm. struggled in the very beginning. And I like hearing them because it makes me feel like, Oh, I'm just a part of them. And this is just normal life stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think success, I, I term it as like, am I still in the game and am I happy? And I think as I've learned, I've grown up right now, I'm 43. <laughs> it's like, you find that, you know, when you were younger, success was like money driven. And now when you're older, success is, do I have enough money in the bank? Okay, let's make sure that's taken care of. But if I do, am I happy doing what I love? And do I have time for my family? That's how, what, that's how I value success. And so it is that. And stop comparing. Like once you, you know, I feel like a lot of self work <laughs> helped me not compare so much. And it's, it's sort of, helps with my gratitude and helps me feel better about the day-to-day -day operations. Very good. And that's a good way to look at things. I appreciate that. So the, you mentioned I'm an operations guy. Um, yeah. I think systems are important in order to be able to uh, be successful and scale. Um, what systems have you found to be useful and beneficial for you and your business? Oh, I love this topic, David. So here's what I do. So whenever people have a problem or a question, right? Like I am training my employees. I literally create content, I'll create a piece of video and it serves a couple of purposes. So I'll create a video and I'll publish it on YouTube. Here's how you do blank, fill in the blank, right? One, it acts as a training source for my employees. Two, it's content that I know if other people are having this problem, it's on live on YouTube so they can find it as well. Right. So it also helps the broader community and the broader community comes to me to help me with that. Right. So I'll give you an example. I, we do Apple search ads. These are ads within the Apple app store. Right. And I was like, Hmm, should I keep these, these videos in my vault? So it was a training module for my, for my team, but it also I was like, this is, this is effective. And I was like, should I make it a paid? Should I put it behind a paywall? Because we do have a digital product that we sell too. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. Let's just post it on YouTube, right? This is exactly what we do for our clients, Apple search ads. Here's how you set up the campaigns. Here's how you manage the bids. Here's how you do everything, right? And guess what happened? People started coming out to us and be like, can you help me with my Apple search ads campaign? You can literally just watch the YouTube and do it yourself, but it opened up. And so it was a decision point where I was like, should I make people pay for this because it reveals everything we do? Or should I just make it public? And making it public, I think, has been a higher ROI than just trying to force people to pay for this hmm. particular video course. Okay, very good. So I, if I was to summarize the system, I guess it would be uh, a generosity yes. of content, right? <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're, you're, you're sharing yes. uh, more than what might be typical. Right. And that's part of your process that has helped your business to grow. Is that, is that a fair way of describing it? I think it's, yeah. I think I like to think about like win, 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 right? Like win for everybody. Win oh. for me because I'm training my employees. Win for my employees. Win for me because I'm getting demand. And then win for the audience so that they get something out of it too. So I like to think about it. Like I like to, I don't want to just create, you know, a lot of people will create their SOPs 
right, system of procedures and be like, oh, this is just ours. So it is about creating these SOPs internally too, but could you, if there, if this is a problem and it's not your like secret sauce, could you also make it public? Because I'll bet you, you will get more demand out of it by making it public. So that was my way of saying, yes, we create videos. We also make those videos public to get more clients. Okay, very good. So I've got two more questions for you. What advice would you give to other business owners uh, looking to succeed in your industry or frankly, looking to succeed in general? I think for me, because every journey is going to be different. For me, that's what really worked out was creating content. Now I go on YouTube and I create videos. You don't have to do that, right? I, I told a friend of mine who was looking for, she's freelancing. It's like, all you gotta do is create content, right? And she's like, oh, I'm gonna pick LinkedIn because it was valuable, B2B, right? And so she started creating content on LinkedIn. And I was like, seeing her post. And I was like, this is great, great job, Sharon. And then, so she comes out, I do an event, a couple of months later, I do an event in London. I'm out in California. She, I go to London. She's in Israel. She comes out to Israel, to London too. And I'm like shocked. And then she comes up to me. She's like, Steve, thank you so much. I was like, for what? I didn't do anything. She's like, well, you told me to create content. I created content on LinkedIn. And then I've got more clients than I can handle now. Hmm. So teach people. Ultimately, you're going to build that trust. Hmm. And David, you know, my hit rate, right? People who reach out to me versus the people who end up paying me is going to be super high because I've already built that trust because mm -hmm. I share so much content. So they're not coming in and be like, tell me about your business. They've seen my content. And if they do do that, like go watch my content first, right? Build that trust with me. If you don't like what I'm saying, let's not waste each other's time. But if you do like what I'm saying, then come back and maybe we can work together. So create Outstanding. content. Outstanding. That's, that's a really good approach. I, uh, I believe in that as well. So, so Steve, is there anything else about your business that you'd like to tell the audience? No, I'm mean, go check out the YouTube channel. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> YouTube.com slash app masters to go check it out. But other than that, you know, that's it. Well, that was the last thing I was going to ask you as well. Is yeah. How else can people get in touch with you and check out your business? You just told them. So fantastic. So Steve, thanks for being on the show. All the best. I think uh, your success is going to continue to grow. And uh, I look forward to keeping in touch with you. Thanks, David. I want to thank you sincerely for listening to the podcast. Please share it with anyone that you think could benefit from it. Have a great rest of the day. And here's wishing you much joy and success. Yeah.